Kids love movies. If you're a young person who can't see or can't see well, Audio Description provides access to the visual images that sighted kids enjoy. The benefits of Audio Description in Education Baby Contest, sponsored by ACB's Audio Description Project and the Described and Captioned Media Program, wants those kids to experience Audio Description and then tell us about it. You have a chance to win prizes for yourself and your teacher. Just go to www.dcmp.org learn slash 658 to enter. And keep on enjoying audio description. Nearer than my head is to my pillow. Nearer than the wind is to the willow. Well, Tune in for a Valentine's Day special with music performed by Jason Castingway. Sunday night, 8 p.m., ACB Radio Cafe. Donate $25 or more and receive the MP3 by visiting tinyurl.com slash ACB Radio. Sunday evening, ACB Radio Cafe, 8 p.m. Anytime you say that you want me back again, that's the time I'm coming home to you. Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. I am Debbie Armstrong, and I have talked on ACB Community before, but I believe this is the first time I have been streamed, so I'm a streaming newbie. Um, The purpose of this talk is uh, what to do when your PC stops talking. I see in the background we do have a few people whose PCs are definitely talking. We need to have people mute because it's very distracting. I, I just muted that okay. one. Okay, so. excellent. This, this is about what to do when you don't have speech and it stops. Oh, it's recording. We are going to start um, by, I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself first. I am a tech at a community oh, college. I students with all kinds of disabilities, including students who use speech. And so I'm not a teacher or a trainer. I'm a troubleshooter, a helper outer. I'm the person who is called when the student loses their homework or their dragon profile can't be transferred from one computer to another. So that's, that's the kind of work I do in my job. And what I have here is a giant pile of notes on what to do when your PC stops talking. Most of this is going to be about Windows. And I will be talking primarily about Windows, but I do have a few things to say about the Mac. So if you do use a Mac, there is some Mac advice sprinkled in here. Um, I um, will be dividing this talk into three sections, and I'm going to try to go an hour to talk, and then after that, you have time to ask questions. We're using my own Zoom account, so we have plenty of time for you to ask questions. We don't have to worry about ACB needing the account for another another meeting. Um, I'm going to first start by talking about the reasons why your computer may stop talking. Understanding those reasons is very important, so you can figure out what's going on. Then we're going to have you prepare your machine so that when your computer stops talking, you are more 
equipped to deal with it. We're going to have you practice. Now, you're not really going to do this now, but I'm talking about what you will do at home if you want to practice for that eventuality when it happens. And lastly, I am going to talk about what to do when it stops talking. Uh, I'm going to try to move as quickly through everything as I can. I'm going to be sharing my computer sound. And when I do that, my synthesizer might be a tad too loud or too soft, but Larry and Sheila are going to let me know. This is the first time I've shared my computer sound when I wasn't making a recording and could edit it. So um, this will be an adventure doing it live. I also want to say that I'm going to give you a lot of suggestions. You might want to take notes. I heard a couple of Victor Reader streams cranking up there to record. That's excellent. The The most common question I get when I have given talks before that are technical is people have asked me, where is the recording? Now, the people you should be asking that of are ACB, not me. Uh, I do make a local recording, but ACB decides whether they want to podcast or stream or not. And that is their decision and not mine. So go ahead and call ACB if you can't find a recording of one of my talks. Um, I'm going to show you how to do each of these things I talk about, but I'm not going to walk through it one on one. I'm just going to get you started. So when you're on your own, you can see how to do those things. Okay, I think I've covered all my introductory material. Oh, one last thing. So when I'm pressing a key, if I don't tell you what that key is, it's tab, because most of the time I'm demonstrating, I'm going to be pressing the tab key. And so I'm not going to say I'm pressing tab. If I press something other than tab, then I'll go ahead and tell you that. All right. We're going to begin with the six reasons, six reasons your computer may stop talking. First one is pretty obvious. The screen reader died. Audio now on now, when your screen reader dies, doesn't mean your computer died. It just means your screen reader stopped working. And you know what? Your, your screen reader might come back. So the first thing I'd say, oh, and this has happened oh. to me so often at work when I'm doing something important and my screen reader has died, just go away for a while. Just get it, especially if you have work that is unsafe. Get up, go pour some coffee, come back, see if maybe your screen reader just stopped talking for a while. It may come back. Okay, reason number two, the screen reader is focused on something it cannot read. And you're going to find this happens a lot with something called a splash screen. A splash screen is a big picture that gets put up. A lot of times when you install a new app or you update an app, it'll show a big picture, which will cover the whole screen. Sighted people call it a splash screen. And what will happen is your screen reader will literally see nothing there. And sometimes even the title bar disappears. So if you ask it to read your title bar with insert T, you won't hear anything because all that's up there is a picture. And the way you can deal with that is to alt-tab away from the splash screen. Sometimes they even disable the alt-tab. I've had this happen. It's really annoying. And you can try pressing enter. Usually there is uh, a way to make that splash screen go away. You can try alt-tab for it. But just be aware that every once in a while, a big picture will cover the entire screen. There will be nothing to read. And therefore, guess what? The screen reader will read nothing. Okay, reason number three. Something else is making the computer slow. One time we had a problem. We had a computer at our college that every once in a while would just get really slow and none of the access technology would work. You would see the magnification drawing a window really slowly. The speech would talk like this or it wouldn't talk at all. 
Well, it turned out that one of our students was looking for work and he needed to fax his resume to somebody. And he got on the internet and he found something called FaxStorm. Sounded good. So he installed it. He shouldn't have been able to install it on our lab computers, but he did. And FaxStorm was in the background, waiting, waiting, waiting for the student to send out a fax, waiting for your fax, and somehow it messed up the computer. So it took up 99% of the processor's power doing nothing but waiting for a fax. So I went in and I got rid of FaxStorm, and the computer was very happy after that, worked perfectly after that. So bear in mind, there might be some crazy thing running on the computer. Either your nephew installed a game or you installed an update the computer didn't like that makes your computer so slow that your screen reader doesn't ever get a chance to say anything. It can't get a word in edgewise. That's reason number three. And your only recourse there is to get rid of that software. But anyway, reason number four, your computer crashed. Yep, I used to do tech support and I would say, I'm sorry, sir, but I think your computer is frozen like a snow cone, which always made people laugh because, you know, you needed to get them out of that stress feeling. Yeah, sometimes computers just freeze. And, you know, what happens to sighted people, they're mousing around and all of a sudden they click and nothing happens and they freak out just as much as we do. Okay, reason number five, your sound card is muted or your volume is turned down. And I got to tell you, for some reason, this has happened to me more than once on a Mac. I don't know, maybe it's just the Macs in our office, but I have this one Mac in particular and I go to run voiceover on it and I don't hear anything. I don't hear anything at all. And somehow it's gotten itself muted. And I have another Mac that has a really similar problem. I plug in, I, it always means the speaker, but I can plug in headphones and it works. So yeah, have some headphones around, be, know how to turn up your volume. We're going to be talking about that in a minute. And that is reason number six. Sound card's working fine, but somehow the volume got turned down. I have to tell you, with these modern computers, they have these little touch strips along the top edge, especially little laptops now, little tablets. They have cute little touch strips. You just touch that strip and you turn the volume down. I've got a PC right here, and I've been working with sighted people all week, so I almost picked it up and, and showed it to my camera, and then I realized nobody's looking at me because I have my video off. But I've got this cute little PC here. It has a mute button. And it has a volume button, and they're right on the top, right next to the power button. So it's really easy when you grab this little laptop here to accidentally turn the volume down just because you picked it up in your palm. It's a, it's a GPD pocket. It's very cute. It's the size of a videotape, and it runs Windows. But it is really annoying because its volume is so easy to hit. All right. I have another note here that says you may not be able to do them there all. I'm I'm about to go into what to do to get ready for that day when your computer stops talking, the 10 steps to prepare. And I want to again say, uh, I know I have some very technical people here. That's great. I also have some non-technical people. And I want to speak to you for a minute. If you are not technical and you start hearing all this, like, oh, man, I can't do all this. The important thing is that if you have access to someone technical, even if it's like next year, they may be able to help you do some of these things. So knowing that it's possible to do these things is all I really want you to get from today's talk. So if you say to yourself, there's no way I can do this, know that it can be done. And that's going to be very comforting. 
All right, I am going to share my screen now, and this will just take me a second. Whoops, I don't want to do that. Except I'm supposed to be sharing my audio too. That would be really smart, wouldn't it? Just give me one second. I turned my synthesizer down, but now I can barely hear it. Okay, now we should have my sound. Meeting controls. Okay, and now you should hear Zoom reading my meeting controls. Yep, that volume's fine. Okay, very good. Well, if it, if it gets worse, we'll uh, worry about it. Windows M desktop. Okay, so let me talk to you first about the differences between Windows M and Windows D. Windows with M is in mama always takes you to your desktop. It minimizes all the other applications, which means that they're tiny icons on your taskbar, and it takes you to your desktop. Now, Windows D, D is in daddy, Windows D. toggles between your desktop and the currently running application. In this case, my current currently running application is Zoom. So there's really nothing happening. I do Windows D, I'm on my desktop. Windows D, I'm in Zoom. Windows D, I'm on my desktop. So keep those in mind. I was helping someone last week who was having so much trouble getting his speech working again. And I realized his problem was he kept doing Windows D when he thought he was doing Windows M. So he thought he was on his desktop, but he was actually off in Word somewhere. So do remember Windows D, goes between desktop and other applications. Windows M goes straight to your desktop. Now, we're going to just take a peek at my messy desktop. Windows M. And I made it really messy on purpose. Home, folder view, list view, this PC checked. One open book 9.0 checked. Canvas left parent, the the right parent. Skype checked, 29 of 30. Media player classic checked. Zoom checked. For canvas left parent, VMware workstation, recycle bin checked. Grail Blaster checked. Total Recorder checked. The Anza Library ebook chart checked. Five key pass two checked. Microsoft Boot ET. So I have 30 things on my desktop. I have deliberately not cleaned up my desktop so that I can do a little bit of it for you today. Let me tell you why cleaning up your desktop is so important. Number one, if you're trying to find your screen reader on your desktop, like JAWS or NVDA, and you've got a ton of other stuff on there, you're going to have a problem. Like, let's suppose I type J for JAWS. J, JART checked, 5 of 30. Guess what? That's not JAWS. That's JART. JART is a word processor that Mystic Access turned me on to. J, JAWS 2021 There's JAWS. There's JAWS. I'm typing J. If I didn't have speech, I wouldn't know which J I landed on. This is not good, but I don't want to delete JART off my desktop because I may want it someday. So here's how I organize my desktop. What I'm going to do is I'm going to create a folder called Shortcuts. Control Windows N, Folder View, List View, JAWS 2021, Checked, 6 of Control Shift N. Turn on narrator button, off, escape. Oops, that's not going to work for me. I create a folder called Shortcuts and I move everything into the Shortcuts folder. 
And what's nice about that is my desktop is clean, so I don't have tons of junk on it. In particular, when I want to run JAWS, I won't accidentally run JART. When I run it, find shortcuts, I won't accidentally find Skype because Skype is going to get moved into my shortcuts folder. So the important thing to do is to create that folder, put all the shortcuts in that folder. Now, let me talk to you about how this is helpful if you have sighted help. If a sighted person is looking at your desktop, I was talking to someone who had 76 items on his desktop last week. With all those 76 items, his sighted wife could not help him find JAWS. I talked to someone who was low vision. Actually, it's someone who's my mom. She's got macular degeneration. She put 20 items on her desktop. And with her bad vision, she couldn't find her email. So when you have lower vision or sighted help that is not an expert, that's another reason to have a desktop that is cleaned off. Okay, I'm starting to run a little uh, behind my time. So I'm going to move away from cleaning up your desktop to talk about giving your shortcuts uh, hotkeys. NVDA check, 930. So I'm going to take a look here at my NVDA shortcut. I'm going to do Alt-Enter on it. NVDA properties dialog, shortcut page, target, colon, edit. What's the colon, There's my target. I'm going to press tab. Started, colon, edit. What's the colon, backslash, shortcut key, colon, hotkey, control, plus Alt, plus N. And the hotkey here for NVDA is control, Alt, N. And NVDA, when you install it, puts that hotkey in automatically. But other shortcuts do not. So the secret... If you have, if you want, say, a hotkey for JAWS and you have a JAWS shortcut, you want to do, do Alt-Enter to go to the properties. You want to tab over to where you're going to create a hotkey. And then in that field, you're going to type a letter and it's automatically going to add the control and Alt. So it'll add control Alt if you type a J and it'll become control Alt J. So control Alt J would call up JAWS. Run colon, comment, colon, open file, load, change icon, advanced dot dot dot, okay button, enter, desktop. Full. Okay, hang on for a second. I'm going to take a little look at my notes. Uh, let's see, yes. Uh, and I forgot to mention that control shift N is to create a new folder and alt control N or alt control any key is what you would do for a shortcut. Uh, let's see, I talked about that. We talked about Windows M and Windows D. Uh, confirm nothing else on your desktop starts with the letter of your screen reader. Uh, I've already talked about that. I have shortcuts in Skype. I have Jart and JAWS. So, of course, I have to move those into a shortcuts folder. Uh, create a hotkey for NVD and JAWS. I guess I'm not as behind as I thought I was. All right. Another thing you can do is create a portable copy of NVDA that runs on a flash drive. And I'm just going to show you where that is. So first of all, I'm going to make JAWS go away and I'm going to run NVDA. Unloading JAWS, NVDA checked. And then I am going to run NVDA. And hopefully this won't come in too loud. NVDA. Yeah, okay. He's not too bad. Okay, so let me just show you where that is. NVDA menu. I hit the NVDA key. View log V. I'm in tools. 
I did T for tools. I'm going to go down to create portable copy. Speech viewer at Braille viewer, Python can manage add on, create portable copy. I'm not actually going to do this. I'm just going to show you where it is. So I do create portable copy. Create portable NVDA dialog to create a portable copy of NVDA. Please select the path and other options and then press continue. And you portable go directory through this dialog and type in the information you need to make that portable copy. Again, this is kind of technical. You may need someone to help you with it. But once you have NVDA on a flash drive, you'll be able to get to your computer, even if your screen reader is refusing to run. So I'm going to get Desktop out of this dialogue because I do not want to create a portable copy. And I'm going to take a look more at some of my notes here. Okay. Add sounds to your theme. I have spent a lot of time doing this. I'm going to show you this again really, really quickly. I'm going to type uh, the window. No, I'm going to type Windows I for settings. Settings. Settings window. Use narrator grouping. Now, Turn we don't on. want to use narrator. So Open narrator Not home yet. link. That was for later, and I hit the wrong key. View the complete guide to narrator online link. Goodbye, narrator. We don't want narrator. Desktop list. Settings. Settings window, search box, That's find the setting edit blank. We want the search box in settings. And what I want to search for here is, hang on. Um, I want to search for themes. T-E-M-E. Theme. Themes and related settings. And that's what we want. Themes list background not selected backgrounds color custom color no, button typing, sounds debbie button i'm just typing tab like i told you now there's a lot of things here in themes that have to do with visual effects but i went over to sounds and right now i have a sound scheme called debbie and i'm going to just show you a little bit about what it likes you can create your own sound scheme sound dialogue Sounds property page a sound theme is a set of sounds applied to events in Windows and programs. You can save as delete button alt D program events tree view. In this dialog box is a huge list of things with the sounds that are associated with it. Asterisk calendar reminder close program critical battery alarm critical stop default beep desktop mail notification device connect. Device disconnect, device failed to exclamation, instant message note, low battery alarm, maximize. Now, maximize is when you make the window as big as it possibly can. And I often maximize the window just to make the screen reader work better. And the keystroke for maximize is Windows up arrow. But what's really nice is I've attached a sound to maximize. Now, what I've done is I've turned that sound way, way down in this recording. But... Normally, when I'm working during the day, every time I maximize a window, it goes bloop. And every time I minimize a window, it goes bloop. And what's nice about that is that if my screen reader stopped, I could always do Windows up arrow and know that my sound card is active. Know that I've maximized my window. Menu command. Menu pop up. I'm just going through all the events here that you can attach a sound to. Now, there are a lot of people that don't want their computer bleeping and blooping and all of that. And that's fine. This is an optional thing you can do. Message nudge. 
Minimize. New fax notification. New mail notification. New text message. No NFP completion. NFP connection. So you get the idea. There is a ton of stuff in here. Another thing I have done is I had one really uh, slow computer that had a bunch of issues. So what is I did is I attached a sound to it every time a program opened and every time a program closed. And that let me know how many tasks were running on this computer. So I'm going to get out of Settings. here. Okay. And I would advise you to go through here and at least pick a few sounds that you can attach, uh, a few events that you can attach sounds to. Because if you have no speech, you'll at least know your computer is active. And I'm skipping through my notes a little bit more. Okay. And here's another thing that I like to do, and that is to put a favorite sound on my desktop or a favorite song. And we're going to do that right now. We're going to go into my music folder. So I'm going to... Meeting controls window. window. Currently unmuted. I'm going to find my music folder. And of course, this messy desktop is driving me nuts. Dance library ebook collect D. Debbie check... C, Microsoft M, move to X M, and music we're check. Go to my workout C, folder. W, and we're going to find check. a song. C, user ten love is like zero one abracadabra. So I'm going to. I found abracadabra in my music folder. I'm going to copy it, and now I'm going to move it over to my desktop. I'm going to paste top list. it. Debbie. Debbie and check I've box already made check. sure I don't have Debbie anything else box that gives an A. So. A. A. Debbie. Destino's an introduction. Debbie. Duh. Canvas. Foothill. Replace or skip files. Replace the file in the desk. Pause the operation. Desktop list. Canvas. Before, so Foothill. I already had Abracadabra. A. So we should be able to get Abracadabra. Untitled Google Chrome. No, Foothill de Ansaw. Can't read and type at the same time. Desktop list. Canvas. Foot A. Canvas. A. Canvas. And if I'm lucky, we will have. have Canvas. Canvas. Foothill. C. Studio Recorder 01. Well, we're not going to hear the whole time here. Studio recorder, go away, because I don't want to have too many tasks running on this wonderful computer. Users Armstrong music workout window. But if you have a song on your desktop, one nice thing is you have lots of time to fool with your sound card. And especially, uh, you know, I like something like Sweet's Love is Like Oxygen, which runs for 11 minutes. That gives me all kinds of time to figure out what's going on with my volume and mute and unmute did i hit the wrong key anyway um next step in preparing for the time your computer may not talk to you is to start cleaning up your startup tasks i am not going to show this to you but this is under your task manager or in settings you can go to the startup tag tab 
Startup tasks are things that run when your computer first starts. And most of the time, they're not going to cause your computer to stop talking. But if you have a consistent problem of your computer not talking, you need to look into what is being started up automatically. So you can go to search, you can type startup, you can go to settings, you can type startup. You want to look at some of these and figure out, are there things that are running that are causing problems? This is a pretty complicated topic, but the one thing I would suggest is if you're not sure if something should run, keep it. And when you delete things or you turn things off, you can uncheck items so that they're still on your computer, but they don't start up automatically. Do one at a time, do one, and then start your computer, use it for a day, keep notes of what you disabled. Don't disable too many things at once, you may break your computer. Okay, and the last of my 10 steps is time how long it takes your computer to normally boot. I have a really slow computer here. It takes about a minute to boot. And right now I'm working on my very fast work computer, and it only takes about 15 seconds to boot. So go ahead and use one of your talking gizmoators and time a couple times in the morning when you boot up your computer so you know how long it takes. Because what happens, it's kind of like the the boiling pot, if you're watching it, it takes forever for the water to boil. It's the same thing with your computer. You'll think, oh my gosh, it's not talking, it's not talking. But in fact, it always takes that long. It's just that you're nervous about it. This really slow computer of mine always makes me feel that way. So um, the other thing to do is if your computer makes very specific sounds, you can use your digital recorder and make a recording of what it sounds like when it normally boots. So when it's not booting normally, you're going to know that. I have four steps here about preparing that you can do when sighted help is around. Um, I am a big fan of digital recorders, whether it's your Olympus or your Victor Reader Stream or whatever, um, because you... If you have a sighted person who is describing anything to you on your screen, you'll be able to get a good description with a digital recorder and listen to it later. How many times have you asked a sighted person to tell you about something on your screen and then two days later you can't remember what they said because you were kind of focused on solving the current problem? So always, if you have someone around to describe, make sure you get a recording of that. Even if you never use it, you've got it in case you need it again. Again, if you happen to have sighted help, and this is while your computer is working perfectly, you might try booting up your computer one day and have them read everything they see while it's booting and while you're recording. That's also very helpful in case you have an error that might be popping up before your speech comes up so you know what's happening, or just knowing what the normal process is, like how long it takes uh, for for the computer to finish booting and while it's showing you the messages that let you say hit F8 to go into a special menu. Um, if you happen to have an instance where your computer is not talking, but you're able to get speech back and you have a sighted person around, again, you would like to have them describe what they see when you're in that state and for you to record it, even if they're not technical, if later you have the chance to talk to a technical person. If you already have that recording and you know exactly what they saw, you're going to be way ahead of the game. And the last thing I want to do is I want to deliberately call up an error message. 
And the reason I'm doing this is because I want you to, number one, try this when you have a sighted person around. Make sure they can actually read you an error message. Many times our sighted help is not very computer literate. And you'll be having them read you and they don't even see something that's obvious. So if you have sighted help that is occasionally around and they're not that good with computers, let's work on having them read you an error message while you have speech and control things. So I'm going to try to access a drive letter that doesn't exist. Run dialog, type the name of a program, folder, document, or internet resource, and Windows so will open it Windows for you. Open, R, combo box collapse, edit all, colon. Location is not available, dialog L is unavailable. If the location is on this PC, make sure the device or drive is connected or the disk is inserted, and then try again. If the location is on a network, Make sure you are connected to the network or internet, and then try again. If the location still can't be found, it might have been moved or deleted. Now, that's okay, a long-ass error message, isn't it? And you're not going to remember all of that. So, again, that's one of the reasons I'd say when you get errors and you have a recorder or a sighted person or both around, capture some of that. Now, I deliberately generated that error message. But if I had a new computer and I wasn't sure that my screen was visible, that, you know, a person could actually see what was on it, um, you know, that it was, that the message would show up properly. I would have a sighted person read that error message to me just to make sure, okay, they can read errors to me. We're cool. I generated this error. I know my screen is readable. So if my computer dies, I'll at least have that assurance that someone can read this to me if I have a, someone to do it. Okay. Let me skip through my notes here. I have finished this 10 steps for preparing. I would like to now move into the, do the dozen steps I've written down for practicing. We're now getting to the point where we're going to start practicing what happens if your computer stops talking while our computer is talking. Okay, get familiar with your startup routine. I think I've already covered that. You boot your computer, you kind of know what's going to happen when it starts up so that if it's not starting up talking, you know what that's all about. I've got this little computer here and I don't know what its issue is, but when it starts up, JAWS doesn't read to me until I type in my password, even though I've set JAWS to do that. And I'm a tech and I don't know what's going on with this guy, but I've learned that I have to press Tab, tab, space, type in my password, press enter, wait three minutes, and JAWS talks. It's a really old PC running Windows 10. It's running one of those free copies of Windows 10 I got right in the beginning, and I don't know what its issue is, but that's the way it is, and I know that's its startup routine. I know this computer, So, and besides, it's an old funky thing I don't really need for my job, so it's just nice to have it around for troubleshooting because it gets screwed up really easily. Okay, step number two, use a stethoscope. I got this tip from a blind friend of mine who has a 90% hearing loss, and he used to work as a technician at Hewlett Packard, and he used to diagnose computers with, literally with a stethoscope. So I went to my college bookstore and, you know, stethoscopes are like $10. I, I thought they were really expensive, but they sell these cheapy ones for nurses that work perfectly well. So go, go on Amazon, get yourself a cheap stethoscope and you put the hard part next to your computer 
and you put the earpieces in your ear and you hear really neat sounds when your computer boots up. If you're booting up with a spinning hard drive, it's really loud. If you're booting up with an SSD, it's much softer. But again, a stethoscope, especially if you know what your computer's normal sounds are, can give you a lot of information, especially if your computer has crashed or semi-crashed or is slowing down. It's going to sound really different through that stethoscope. Um, I have a note here. It says sighted friends on Zoom screen share. And I don't know what that means. Oh, I know what it means. Um, so if you're ever on a Zoom meeting with sighted people, you don't have to have your sighted help here with you. Uh, you will want to know how to share your screen so they can see what's going on. So do it when you are um you have speech. If you don't have speech, you may not have that opportunity. But at least if you get your speech back and your computer is still somewhat screwed up, you may be able to get help from a local ham radio club, a local senior center, something like that. Maybe not the day the problem happens. But if you know how to use Zoom and share your screen, you're way ahead of the game. Okay. Now, practice playing your song from your desktop when you are in the middle of something else, pretend your computer crashed. It hasn't. Go to your desktop, find your song, play it, and keep track of the keystrokes you use to do that. Make sure you can do that without speech before you lose speech. Then try adjusting your volume if you have a hardware volume. If you have one of those little touch things that mutes and unmutes, get used to that Use the a long playing song to become very, very comfortable with your computer's audio, even if your speech is not working. Okay. Um, know how to save and exit your programs, even if you do not have speech. Is it Alt-S or Control-S to save? Is it Alt-F4 and then press Y? Or maybe it's Alt-F4, tab three times, press Y and enter. Once again, all the programs you use, especially if you have crucial data, practice the act of saving your work and keeping track of what keystrokes those are. So at least if you lose speech and you know you have to turn off your computer, you will not lose your work. And I, I have an application in my job that I use where it's Alt-S, tab, tab, tab. Why? Tab, tab, tab. And then I can do Alt-F4. Don't ask me why, but I've practiced that because if I lose speech, I don't want to lose something I was typing in on for an hour. And this is just an in-house app that's not your guys' problem, but it's something I had to practice at work because I wanted to make sure that if I lost speech, I wouldn't lose my work. Practice shutting down your computer and keep track of what keystrokes you use. Now, for me, it's Windows M to go to my desktop, Alt F4, and then U, and then U again. Sometimes you can also shut down with Windows X, up arrow a couple times, press enter, and then find, and then press U and press enter. But again, learn those keystrokes or, and this is my next step, use your power options to set your computer so that your power button will shut down the computer. And I'm going to show you that right now, I think. If I can go back to settings, I've been yapping away, not paying attention to what's happening on my PC. Settings, settings window, sounds Debbie button. Okay, we're going to make that go away. Run dialog type, desktop list, settings, settings window, search box. I'm typing power. Power sleep settings. 
Choose when to turn off the screen on PowerShell developer setting. Choose when power sleep settings. Power when plugged in. Turn sleep grouping. When plugged in, related settings group. Yeah, this is new version of Windows. I got a new update this morning. It's behaving different than it did yesterday. I love that. Hi. Windows is so fun. Let's go to control panel. Start window. Oh, oh. Control panel app. Press right to switch preview. Control panel, Pete. Phone and mode, Pete. Power options link conserve energy or maximize performance by choosing how your computer manages power. You can get to power options through control panel or through settings, but it looks like they did something different to settings. Because I tested that yesterday, I got an update this morning, and you know Windows, it's like Zoom, it always changes on you. Control panel home link. Choose what the power buttons do. Link, choose what the power and buttons do. And that's what do. you want. Choose what the power buttons do. Power options window. Change settings that are current. When I press the power button on battery, combo box shutdown collapsed. When I press the power button plugged in, combo box shutdown collapsed. And so, as you can see, I have it set so that when I press my power button, my computer's just going to shut down. So at least I can get my computer turned off. Now, what's actually going to happen is I'm going to get the silly dialogue, shut down, restart. So I actually have to type U. But that varies. I've got another computer here when I press the power button. It really does just shut down. So, yeah, Windows. Windows is so fun. Let me just make that go away. And I'm going to take a look at my notes again. It looks like I'm running a little bit behind. Um, hang on one second. Uh, I think I've covered half of this. Let's see. And I've listed various examples of keystrokes I use to shut down. I think that's pretty clear. Okay. Deliberately, deliberately exit one screen reader and call up another. So let's say goodbye to NVDA. And let's run narrator. So I did insert Q to tell NVDA to go away. I'm going to call up narrator with control, <coughs> windows, enter. Control, windows, enter. Unless you have a really old Windows 10 like I do on this other beastie, um, control, windows, enter is what you want to get narrator running. Settings window, related settings, link, still in additional power. Settings. I'm being really careful about not alt f out of Zoom. Because when I get talking, sometimes I don't pay attention to F4 where I am. Items view, 01 abracadabra.mp3, 1 of 45. We're not going to play it again now, but we know it's here. Okay, so exit one screen reader, call up another, practice that, do it when you don't have a lot of work that you need to save. Do it before you shut down at night. Make sure you know how to run another screen reader. Uh, try running NVDA from your flash drive if you've installed it on a flash drive. Let's see, learning. Oh, and learning the exact keystrokes to run NVDA from your flash drive can be tricky because Windows kind of may decide what drive letter it's going to be. <coughs> so you might have to type D colon backslash NVDA dot EXE or F colon backslash NVDA dot EXE. But you can, you can practice that. <coughs> let's see, let's get JAWS back here. And I have to be careful not to get jarred because I did that deliberately. Not a narrator command. Yeah, we know. Exiting narrator. All right. Let's get JAWS. And let me look at my notes. 
JAWS annotation dash zoom. Okay. Um, no, that's not that important. I was going to talk more about error messages, but I think I've beaten that to death. Um, let's see. Ah, and if you've set up system sounds, you want to be testing them out, maximize a window, run another program, listen. Uh, you might need to go into your settings. Let me show you. I've adjusted my um, volume for my system settings, so it's really low. I'm going to show you how, how to turn that up, and then I'll turn them up, and we can listen to how Select much they are for dialog. More than eight days since last. Steve apostrophe S. Semantic S. Speaker slash headphones colon 56%. So I went to my system tray. I called it the speakers. Right single click I'm going to right bizarre. click on Enter. that. Con open volume mixer. M. I'm going to open my Enter. volume mixer. We're going to go through there. I've got all account kinds account of fun stuff in here. Toolbar mute speakers. Toolbar total colon less file description. Again, I'm just total colon up down slider fifty six. Just pressing tab. Toolbar mute total colon less file. Toolbar zoom meetings button. Volume for zoom meetings up. Toolbar mute zoom meeting. Toolbar meeting controls. Volume for meeting control. Toolbar mute meeting control. Toolbar system sounds button. Volume for system sounds up down slider zero. And I'm going to turn my system sounds way up. We'll start here again, comma, 8, 9, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, Okay, um, make sure you have kinesthetically learned where your volume and mute, and mute buttons are, especially if you're using um, a computer occasionally, like in a computer lab or something, and it has hardware controls. This computer I've got right here uh, does have a mute button right under my screen. And so, um, yeah, if I'm adjusting my camera, I accidentally press it all the time. So having a kinesthetic awareness of where that button is and being able to press it is, is really good. Uh, label dangerous buttons with laminating tape. I have, I'm, I'm a big fan of Denison's laminating plastic. It's used to laminate driver's licenses, that kind of thing, posters. But it also makes really good cheap braille labels. And so... Um, I, have a, I have a power button that looks just like a keyboard button on one of my computers. So I have a P that I've, ri I've written P in Braille on laminating plastic, and I've taped that to that key. So uh, once again, find a way to label any buttons that you can press by accident that might uh, screw up your machine so you won't accidentally press them. Or if you do, you'll know it's happening. Okay, now we have finally got through all of our preparation and organizational steps. We are on the important part, the home stretch. What do you do when it really does stop talking? Okay, the first thing, you don't want to lose your work. So as soon as you notice that it stops talking, you want to save. And if you have several applications open, you want to toggle between them and do your keystroke for saving, which, of course, you've practiced. So you know how to save your work, even if you don't have speech. Um, you know, you'll remember, you can always just turn it off if you don't care. 
And you're going to hope you're going to get speech back when you turn it back on. Um, next, try your song. Remember, had you put a song on the desktop? A nice long song is going to give you lots of time to fool with your speech. And here we get into my three tips for the Mac. Number one, the Mac is so easy. All you have to do is hit the Hold down the command key, hit F5, you should get voiceover. If you don't get voiceover, something's really wrong with your Mac. My Mac at work, I don't know what its problem is, but it stops talking to the speaker periodically, and I have to plug in these earphones, and it's happy. And I can hear voiceover through the earphones and not through the speaker, and I really, really don't know why, but I don't use that Mac often enough to really care. Um, so that's another thing. Try plugging in your earphones. Maybe your speaker died. Maybe your sp- the driver for my speaker weirded out. Larry was talking about how sometimes when you update Windows, it turns off your sound card. I'm going to let him talk about that in a while. But the thing that happens to me all the time is that the driver for my speaker seems to die, but I can plug in headphones. So that's just my weird computer. All right. Uh, make sure you didn't hit your mute key. Hit it a couple of times, fool with it. A good thing to do while your sound is playing. If you have a way of controlling your volume that you can do without speech, do that while you're playing your song. Remember, you put your song on your desktop, and it's the only only one that begins with that letter. If I type A when I'm on my desktop, I'm going to start abracadabra playing. So even if I don't have speech... And you can hear all my little system sounds in the background now. I've got those. So I do have speech. But if I had no speech, I would know my computer is alive. Um, Let's see. Why do I keep repeating myself in these notes? I'm tedious enough as it is. Uh, Multiple times. Now I have a note that doesn't make any sense to me. Okay, I already talked about your song. I talk, oh, load another screen reader. That's another thing. Sometimes you'll get two screen readers. You want to hear two screen readers? That can be really fun. Let's have two. Control windows enter. Unmute my Meeting controls window. Unmute. Currently muted. F1. Button. Control Mute. Exiting narrator. Screen readers is better than no screen readers. You can always get rid of one of them if you don't want to hear the other one. Boy, it's very reassuring to me when I have two screen readers after it was so silent. Um, And, you know, if that works, you can kind of poke around, switch tasks, figure out if there's something. There's, you know, there's this weird problem I have with Word where it sometimes says the visual basic environment cannot be initiated. And I think our IT people are going to work on that because it's um, it's um, my work computer and they have some profile on it that's screwing us up. But in the meanwhile, whenever it does that, JAWS goes to sleep. And when JAWS goes to sleep, the only thing I have is narrator. So I have to go in the task list and kill Word. Now, here's a tip. If you have a self-voicing app on your computer, you can use it to look through your files. And we're going to actually do that right now. I had a a customer, a student, and he was struggling with finding a file on his system. And his speech kept dying every time he tried to find that file. So what we ended up doing is having him load Kurzweil 1000 and use its file, files dialog to find that file. Why is Kurzweil not loading? Windows M, K, keypad 2K. Why did I make my desktop so messy? See, I'm having trouble finding Kurzweil 1000 now. 
Search box edit. K U K comma C work and web results car. Hers wheel one thousand. Enter. Hello, and welcome to the Kurzweil 1000, version 14.14. Press the rectangular key at the bottom right corner of the keypad for assistance. So, um, my student, he had this file, and for some reason, every time he went to look for it, um, JAWS would crash. And so, what we ended up doing is going into the files dialog. Select one or more files to open. File list, a history of Far Eastern R.DOCX. I'm an alternate media specialist too, so I have a lot of books. A history of far, a history of far eastern, a history of far eastern art. The selected folder is general. Kurzweil Educational System Documents. Armstrong. Cont SWT. 3D object. Ag MP3 so it's a tree view. I'm just doing using arrows to go through my tree view to find a file. And we were able to find that file. We were able to copy it to his flash drive. We got it off of his computer. And just the act of getting off his computer made his jaws work again. So you, if you have OpenBook or K1000 or something like that, that is a self-voicing app, sometimes you can use that to get into the files and fix whatever problem is keeping it from speaking. All right. Okay. Now, let's suppose there is an error or something else that you suspect that's keeping your speech from working. You can always try to use AI or some other app like that to read your screen. And you know what? I'm going to stop. I'm done demoing. So I'm going to stop sharing my screen so we won't have to hear my annoying system sounds again. Mute comma. Currently unmuted comma. Comma. F1 button. All dead. Okay, so I think we're not sharing my sounds anymore. Okay, when you were, you know, seeing AI is that app for your iPhone that can uh, read things to you either as a document or as quick text. Um, my tip for using seeing AI, if you have to read your screen that way, is to take a big blank sheet of paper, preferably black construction paper, but white if you don't have it, and cover your keyboard with it. And the reason that's important is because seeing AI is going to start trying to read your keyboard when you point it at your screen, especially if you have a laptop and you can't get your screen far enough away from the keyboard. So I've used that to bail me out of a lot of problems before. You can also use Ira. Uh, you know, if you have JAWS and you need help getting your computer going again, Freedom Scientific is going to be paying that bill. So you can call Ira for free. Uh, if it's not a JAWS problem or you can't convince them it's a JAWS problem and get the free call, you can always use Be My Eyes. I've had to use Be My Eyes to get help with NVDA before. Um, and the very last thing I have written down here, and I don't know why it's this part of my notes, but I'm reminding myself to tell you that it is always important to have a shutdown and a startup sound. And when you're in themes over there in settings and you're setting up sound, uh, a sound theme, you can always uh, check the box, just tab through that dialog, you'll find a box, uh, play startup sound. And also one of the events in that long list of events is uh, shutdown. And if you have a shutdown and a startup sound, you'll at least know your computer got to that point. 
So that concludes all my tips. What I'd like to do before we ask uh, answer questions is I'd like uh, Larry to riff on this idea of uh, a Windows update messing up your sound settings. And then if John has something to add, that would be great. And then Sheila, you can go ahead and take questions. And I'm going to drink some water while all that is happening. Let me also mention, before we before I actually do that, we're going to lose ACB Radio in about five minutes. But for those of you listening on ACB Radio, we will continue to record, so you won't miss anything, especially if you go up and get the podcast. So uh, in about five minutes or so, at the, bottom of, at the top of the next hour, we'll have to leave. Um, sound cards are interesting, and, and some of you probably don't have this problem, but for those of us who do radio, those of us who stream, those of us who use our sound cards and need them for a variety of things, we have two, three, maybe sometimes four or five different sound cards because some of these apps need to point to specific sound cards. And JAWS needs to be on its own sound card because you don't want to hear JAWS when you're doing something with regard to radio or streaming or whatever else. So it gets its own sound card. Well, that's fine, except that sometimes when Windows does a big update, like maybe the two, but there's more than just the two, the big ones, there are large updates that, for whatever reason, Windows changes the sound cards back to their default, default, including the JAWS uh, sound card, and all of a sudden, you wake up the next morning, and you decide to turn your computer on, and you turn it on, and you don't hear anything. You hear nothing. You don't hear the Windows startup sound. You don't hear JAWS. You don't even hear anything at startup that says JAWS, because it doesn't say JAWS for Windows is ready anymore. It assumes you know that, so it just says JAWS. NVDA probably says the same thing. And all of a sudden, it's like, okay, that's nice. I know the computer's on. I I know how to put my password in, I think, because if, if, if it's usually where it is, I can put my password in, and the desktop comes up, but... What do I do from here? And so I, I'll assume my desktop's up, and I'll do the sequence of keys that I do to memorize how to get into the uh, JAWS startup window and into the sound card and arrow down to where the sound card normally would be and click on it. If I'm fortunate, JAWS will come up because I'm right in terms of the sound card I pick. But see, Windows has changed that, and it has moved the default the default to another sound card if that doesn't work then i call ira or i call be my eyes and i'll hold the phone up to the screen and i'll say so where am i on the screen did i make it to the desktop if they say yes then it's only a matter of moments generally before we get to the right card this is not a jaws issue this is a microsoft issue and we have talked to several people. We have some friends who work for Microsoft. We, we know some people in accessibility, etc. And I don't know where they are in terms of fixing this, but they're, they're very much aware of it. If you have one sound card, you're probably not going to run into this much. Because what, what, you know, the, the, the default gets changed to this, the one card, so you have no problems. And but when this happens, narrator's gone too. Narrator's and you, gone, NVDA's gone. They're all gone. You can't rely on your Braille display either because it depends on your screen reader. In order to give you input. So, I mean, you're really... I've uh, learned some new vocabulary words from John when this happens. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So that's kind of where we are with with a multitude of sound cards. And uh, for those of you who do radio and do other things where you need those, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So it's an issue, uh, but most of you probably won't have to deal with that. 
All right. Well, so, I guess... Deborah, would you like me to give the commands for raising hands? I'm ready. All right. If you have a question for Deborah, to raise your hand on the PC is Alt-Y. To mute and unmute is Alt-A. On a Mac, it's Option-Y. To mute and unmute is Command-Shift-A. If you're on a, an app, to raise your hand is under More Options on the bottom right. And to mute and unmute is in the bottom left. And if you're on a landline, which I think there might be a couple, it's star nine to raise your hand and to mute and unmute is star six. And I did mute everyone earlier because there was some background. So it, you are muted. So there you go, Deborah. I'm ready for questions and I'm okay. on time. And I don't have any questions. Nobody has a hand. Oh, there we go. I knew they would come. I have one that I, John. Go ahead. Um, Deborah, first of all, enjoyed the meeting very much. Uh, you stole my thunder a little bit. Uh, I learned it from Jonathan Mosen that you need, like you say, a startup sound and a, a shutdown sound, especially startup when you when Windows does an update and you're wondering, when is this thing going to come back? And <laughs> yes. you you then hear the startup sound. Here's another trick, too. I recently bought a laptop and I uh, got it up and running myself. It was no problem. It can be done. But one of the things I did was I took a keyboard that I knew, okay, it was just a regular keyboard and plugged it into the laptop and did it that way. And that way I was sure that I was going to hit the right keys and everything. Uh, yes, I did forget to mention that. You know, you can go look for surplus stores on the Internet. I used to always buy from weird stuff, but they're not around anymore. Just look on the Internet for surplus stories. You can buy keyboards cheap. I got five Dell keyboards for a dollar a piece. They look just like the keyboard I use at work, just like the keyboard I use at work. And I've got them all over the house. So I take my laptop to the keyboard and I don't have to fool around with keyboards I don't know. Good tip. All right, Chris, you may unmute. I did have it happen as John was talking about last week where Microsoft Windows did an update and JAWS didn't come back. And I only have one sound card. JAWS didn't come back. There was no startup sound. There was nothing. And I used Seeing AI and had to figure out they wanted my Microsoft password. So you had to, I had to go get it for one thing. I didn't remember what it was. And then you had to hope that you were in the right place to, to type that in. And then, of course, they wanted your, your password, your sign-in password. And I was doing this all with, without any speech guessing, by gosh. Oh. So, yeah. One of, the, one of the tricks you can do, if that ever happens again, bring up Narrator. Because a lot of times, Narrator will work when JAWS doesn't work. And also, Narrator and JAWS can, can uh, live very nicely together, together if they're both up. Uh, NDVA and JAWS don't don't play as nice. It won't work if narrator is on a different sound card. Because yeah, we're talking one sound okay, card. Okay, yeah, correct. I, I can't, correct. I can't, I can't help for these with... people at home. Yeah, the folks at home probably only have what, yeah. one sound card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you, if you have more than one sound card, you got bigger problems. Call John Gasman. <laughs> yes, please.
please do. Call John Gassman. That's J O H N G A S M A N. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Give me oh, your Larry, phone sorry number. Sorry about that. I meant Larry. It's my bad. Yeah. Um, yes, and narrator will read the words hidden, hidden, hidden when you're typing in your password, but at least you know you're typing in your password in the right place. Because if narrator doesn't say hidden, you're not typing it in the right place. So that can be very nice. My other question is, can you make a portable copy of JAWS as you were talking about doing that with NVDA? Not anymore. Um, they used to have sort of a thing where you could do it, but it was kind of complicated. So I didn't bring it up. And you, I, I, you don't think you can do it. I haven't seen that since 15, I think. Okay. Now, Larry's certified. I'm not. But <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that for a while. There are no other hands raised. So... Um, yeah, I would say that, that taking the time to make the portable copy of MVDA can really be helpful, though. Um, you can run Narrator almost all the time, but if you have a portable copy of MVDA, you've got the insurance. Because I'm in tech, I go to a lot of other, um, I go all over campus and I work on all these other computers. So I always have my little flash drive with NVDA and I might need a sighted person to help me get the drive letter right. But after that, I don't need help and I can fix the computer and it's really nice. Um, you know, to have that with me. And in fact, one time we had, I always keep my uh, portable drive on my keychain, which I keep around my neck with my keys for all the buildings on campus that I have access to. So I'm wearing all these keys, you know, like a custodian with my little NVDA flash drive. We had a fire drill and I jumped up and I ran out of the building. My guide dog and I were going lickety split. And then I realized, Oh my God, I left all my keys plugged into the lab computer. But luckily, the only people inside the building were firemen. So, yeah, um, the only piece of advice I'd say is don't put it on the same key ring with your keys. If you're anywhere, they might have a fire drill. <laughs> um, Scott? Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, hi, Deborah. All I was curious about was what uh, what brand or model is that little, that very tiny computer you mentioned that's about the size of a video cassette it is a gpd pocket uh, uh g is in golf p is in papa d is in delta gpd oh, pocket. pocket it's about the third generation now i have a first generation you can go on the web and look up gpd okay. pocket it is very very popular with hackers uh, uh -huh. there are tons of uh, youtube videos on how to take it apart if you're so inclined oh, wow. Uh, it's very cute. It's very tiny. It is the smallest Windows 10 laptop. And uh, it is, I always wanted to be able to carry Microsoft Word in my purse. So, oh, wow. very cool. It occurs to me it would make a very, uh, a very, an excellent companion for the Mantis I recently got. Oh, I bet. Because yeah. I, I take it you need a USB keyboard to set it up. I don't know. It has its own keyboard. It's oh, got a little touchscreen and a little keyboard. If you have, and it's, it's, um, it's a QWERTY keyboard. It's a QWERTY keyboard. It helps if you have tiny fingers, but it, you oh, can well. type on it. You can and start narrator and set it up yourself and everything, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I love mine, except it's kind of slow because I have the first generation. Okay, just curious. Okay, about five hundred bucks. All right. All right, Carla, go ahead. Uh, yes. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah. Uh -huh. All right. Uh, I know this might sound sort of babyfied and elementary, but I am a lowly linguist. I'm not a computer person. I always say that. 
Um, but um, do you think you could, this is embarrassing, talk us through how you would set up your um, startup and shut down sounds? Because I, I have no idea how I would do that. And it's something that would be a great start anyhow for me. Let's see. So I would do Windows I to go to settings. I mean, I've I've stopped sharing my audio, but I could actually do that now, I guess. I go to Windows I for settings. In the search box, I would type themes. And then in themes, I would tab past all the visual stuff. It'll be pretty clear to you what is visual. And then it will say sound. I will press enter on sound. And then I'm in the process of doing something called creating a sound scheme. And there's a bunch of um, controls for save as and all of that. But I would tab past all that till I get to the list of events. And then I would go down through all the list of the events until I found shutdown. And then I would tab past that, and there would be a list of sounds. I think it defaults to ccom uh, backslash windows backslash media to find your sounds. I would arrow through those sounds. If I found one I lo- any one I was interested in, it's just the names of the sound files. Then I would press tab again to go to test, and I could press space on test, and it would play that sound. Um, but anyway, so I'd find a sound that I thought was good for shutdown, and um, then I would continue to tap through this dialogue, making adjustments as I felt like it. You can do all of that with tab and arrows and occasionally space, like on the test button. And then when I had it the way I wanted, I would do save as, and I would type in a name. Uh, in this case, mine was called Debbie. I have a sound scheme called Debbie. So, yeah, that's how I would do it. There is a checkbox in that dialog box for play startup sound. So you don't have to pick a startup sound, but for shutdown, you do have to pick a sound from that events list. And I would like um, Larry to comment on that. Do you you think all those steps sound about right to you? Yeah, they do. Uh, It's funny. Windows, in its infinite wisdom, decided that we didn't need a shutdown sound because all you're doing is shutting the computer down and then... There it goes. See ya. But it's always nice to know, especially if you lose speech or even even if you don't, it's just nice to know that you have the ability to hear something and you know Windows is actually shutting down. Because sometimes sometimes. sometimes Windows will do an update and you'll get the choice, shut down you know, or block shut down. You don't even know that you've been blocked until you just happen to tab. You tab through and, you know, so I, 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 yes, you did exactly right. I think that's exactly the set of steps. But that's where, again, my friend's uh, stethoscope would come in handy because even if you just have an SSD, not a spinning hard drive. And I do. And you put the stethoscope against it. If it's running at all, you'll hear something. And believe me, if this guy with 90% hearing loss can hear through a stethoscope, it's going to come in really loud for us yeah, guys. Yeah. Okay. All right. I just did something stupid because I have a new computer and I pressed the wrong key and I deleted something off my desktop. How do I get Outlook back on my desktop? It should be in your recycle bin. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's true. Go to your recycle bin, arrow around, find that puppy and do restore. Okay. I did that too, Lynn. Don't feel Jeez, bad. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I'm not used to pressing the uh, delete key down at the bottom, so I don't like it very much. But that's I know. Little, I've done it to me. It happens. Sometimes uh, Windows thanks. does that too. Windows will take it away. I don't know why. 
And when I see a couple of things not on my desktop that I know I did not delete, I go into the recycle bin, and there they oh. are. There they are. Oh. Yeah, and just hit restore, and it'll turn, but it'll come back again. Okay. Yeah, Windows is wonderful. It's it, they're full of surprises when you yeah. turn on your computer sometimes. <laughs> All right, Miss Deborah. Nobody else has a hand raised. No other questions. Well, I guess. Well, I will tell you. At one point, you had fifty people on the call. Exactly. You did awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, this, this certainly was an interesting topic. So. <laughs> well, I'm gonna pull pull that podcast and uh, have. I just have wanted to say thank you. It, it was a really informative talk that you. Oh, given, you're so. welcome. You're welcome. I, I'm really hoping. I mean, I've helped so many people with this, and I feel so bad when this happens to people. You know. Well, I have to listen to the podcast because I couldn't pay attention. So. <laughs> I'm hoping if nothing else happens, I can get it up tomorrow. 